Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 930 with Martha Allen. I want to be remembered and I want my mark to be made on the world, doing good to help those that can't help themselves. And food's a basic human right. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a team management platform built specifically for restaurants. Looking to make your life easier? Then Seven Shifts is your secret weapon to better understand your restaurant, hit labor targets, and keep your entire team connected. With drag and drop scheduling, in-app communication, task management, tip management, and more, it makes restaurant work a lot easier easier. In fact, I haven't come across a restaurant tour using seven shifts that hasn't been completely satisfied. Restaurant Unstoppable listeners get three months absolutely free. Get started at www.sevenshifts.com slash unstoppable. That's the number seven S H I F T S dot com slash unstoppable to get Three months free and join over 30,000 restaurants using seven shifts today. This episode is brought to you by Restaurant Systems Pro and they are launching their first time ever 60 day pilot program. This is something that's never been done before. This 60 day event is at no cost to you, but it's not for everyone. Fred Langley, CEO of Restaurant Systems Pro, will be leading a group of restaurant tours through the Restaurant System Pro software and setting up the systems for your restaurants. Fred will teach you recipe costing cards, guidance in your books for accounting, cash control, sales forecasting, checklist, budgeting for the entire year, scheduling for profit it more butts and seats and that's not it if you are interested in this head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash rsp that's rsp for restaurant systems pro www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash rsp i don't need to tell you that it's harder than ever right now to be a restaurateur the cost of goods are going up labor expenses are going up People don't want to work in the industry. Anybody who had experience has has gone on to different verticals or different industries. And we are just stuck with a lot of people who are very green and how, how do we increase sales if nobody knows how to sell? Well, you empower them with the right tools. And one tool out there that you need to know about is called S. RV, which stands for Study Restaurant Variety, created by Roger Bodwin from Restaurant Rockstars, a name I'm sure you recognize for his multiple appearances on the show, and his co-founder and co-creator, Zaylin Jacobson, who you'll be working with. This is a tool that will help your team memorize your menu, your uh, your culture, uh, everything, anything you need to train them, your entire training manual is now in an app and accessible anywhere. And really what it is, is an interactive learning tool. And it's a great way to invest in your team and to make them feel valued. There's a lot of data supporting that. This is how the next generation of professionals prefer to learn. So if you need a tool out there to empower your staff, to train your staff, uh, to, to give them the knowledge they need to be sales stars, then check out srvnow.com click the link that says request a demo and that will bring you to a page where you fill out your information the very last field make sure you let them know that restaurant unstoppable sent you their way they will pay us a commission of one thousand five hundred dollars if you use that link and you you sign up with them and i just have to say thank you in advance we're trying to take restaurant unstoppable to the next level and this is one way we can do that by just spreading the word about these tools and uh, I believe in what they're doing over there. So you're in good hands. Uh, thank you in advance. All right. Do it now. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Executive Director of Extra Table, Martha Allen. Martha, are you feeling unstoppable today? I am feeling unstoppable. And yes. I hope that Southern accent comes out strong. I love the Southern <laughs> accent. It's really always just a pleasure to be, be around these Southern accents. It always puts a smile on my face when I'm down here. Uh, we really appreciate it up north. I truly, 
Believe me when I say that. We have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Uh, so I'm super excited for today's conversation. We were kind of just rolling with the punches today. Uh, we came to Hattiesburg, Mississippi. We're here to talk to Robert St. John, uh, who I connected with a, a few like a, a few weeks ago. I was honestly really surprised to find out he's a listener of the show. And when I looked into him, I was like, holy moly. I was like, what's this guy doing talking or listening to my podcast? He's an awesome dude. Yeah. And I was like, Robert, we got to get you on the show. Uh, and we're here and uh, we're, we're just in New Orleans and we're now up in Mississippi and uh, uh, Robert's in New York, I believe right now, or like in the air, maybe in the or, air, or in maybe Jackson, landed in Jackson by now. <laughs> yeah. It's not my job to keep up with him. Fortunately, <laughs> that's a tough one. I know. So um, basically we, we got to um, Hattiesburg today and um, you guys have just been throwing amazing people on our radar. We had uh, Katie Dixon that we talked to earlier yeah. today, and that was like just out of nowhere that you you helped us connect with her and she was such an awesome interview and then they're like well you should talk to Martha <laughs> at, at extra table and what we're doing with this initiative to you know you know I don't know what would you call it like food poverty or just what, how would you describe what extra table just is? fighting hunger fighting hunger. ensuring that every family is fed yeah and it's something that I know Robert St. John's super proud of he's actually when he was in New York City I think he's actually in Jackson right now you guys have a restaurant opening in Jackson he was speaking at the welcome conference about what you're doing with extra table correct right he was he was yeah. singing it from the big stage at Lincoln Center that was amazing we were so excited to have that opportunity so what was he like what was the, the speech he's delivering is it just sharing what what's happening here i think he was i think he was just talking about what we've been doing at extra table especially since covid and and what fighting hunger looks like i think it was a room of uh restaurateurs and hospitality entrepreneurs and um you know they're in the business of selling meals and providing food at a cost and we're in the business of the opposite we're providing quality, healthy meals that offer respect and hope for a better tomorrow. Um, Something to families that can't put uh, a meal on the table. But you're still in the business of feeding people regardless. We are definitely in the business of feeding people and good quality food. Yeah. So I know this is a a big part of what you're doing right now. And what we're here to do at Restaurant Unstoppable is to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. So I'm hoping that this, what you're doing will help inspire some folks and hopefully we can encourage more people to do good work like this, like what you're doing across the nation and maybe across the world. Cause you know, this podcast is listened to, I think in 65 different countries, which Man, it's hard to believe. So let's inspire some folks. But before we kind of share the story of extra table and who you are uh, and what you're doing, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us? Okay. I love Robert St. John's quote. He says that I sell filet mignon to put my children through college, but I want to be remembered as the guy who sold, who gave away canned tuna. And I think that's what we all want to be, or many of us want to be. I want to be remembered and I want my mark to be made on the world doing good to help those that can't help themselves yeah and, and, and I, go ahead food's a basic human right yeah yeah and it's just i think we're just so inefficient with food i don't know what it is i, sh- I, I mentioned it earlier i echo it a lot and i don't know how true the stat is today but it's something i heard and if anybody wants to correct me feel free to because i want to make sure the numbers i share are correctly but i've heard something along the lines of 50 percent of all the food produced gets thrown away oh wow is and isn't that like and maybe it gets purchased but think about truly reflect how much food do you throw away in your refrigerator how much food do you put on your plate and you go i'm full you know and we're we're also bad about it and i think we can be just much more aware of like where's the food going and how can we be better about distributing it so people aren't going hungry and that's kind of what i want to talk to you about is how do we do this i think maybe some people want to do something to make an impact in their community. But what does it take to create an initiative like extra table? Like how, how do, how do we recreate this? What do we need to know? And you know, how can you steer us in the right direction? But before we get into that, um, who are you? How did you find yourself in this position? Um, I, I guess I was raised by parents that were community servants. My mom was a kindergarten teacher and my dad was a youth court judge. Grew up in the very rural, very poor Mississippi Delta. And our parents always had us out serving and um, mindful of others, haves and have nots. And um, so I think they instilled in uh, finding great joy in doing for others at an early age. Um, I went on to college, did a little tour of the SEC, football games and education. And my dad said, get a job, baby. 
So I um, got a job, and my first job was in nonprofit. I worked in uh, mental health and Mississippi Main Street program and did a fundraiser for Mississippi State uh, students with alcohol and drug dependence. And that's how I met Robert. Robert is also almost 40 years sober from alcohol and drugs, and so he's a huge advocate for it. And um, we met, we did a fundraiser, and two years later he said, you know, let's let's bring that girl in for an interview. And so... 15 days from the time I interviewed, I was living in Hattiesburg. Mm. Um, so thank you for that fast forward version. Uh, what makes you think that you were the, like, why do you think Robert pulled you on this? What made you the person to, pull, to get pulled in on a project like this? I think I've got some, some, I, I say God given talents. I'm a people person. I love to unite groups of people, different groups of people. Um, I love to make a difference. I love to make a difference in an efficient manner. And I just believe that, you know, wholeheartedly I spent a lot of time as a child volunteering in the food pantry and soup kitchen so it's kind of full circle for me and you know in all southern households you love to cook and you're always learning grandmother's recipes and so it's really fun to be able to share food and the you know we all we join each other in holidays everything we sit around the table and so it's so exciting to be able to provide food to mothers and fathers to feed their children um, on a regular basis it's just a it's a a neat option um, for employment I get to do good every day and it's um, you know how I put a roof over my head and it brings me so much joy I love that so what where did this all start what was the spark Robert's mother actually volunteered at Edward Street Food Mission here in Hattiesburg and they ran out of food. And it's not that they the shelves were totally empty. It's that there was not quality food on the shelves at the food pantry. And so there weren't things that made a meal or made a whole meal and there wasn't healthy options. And so Robert did what all good chefs would do. They called their food distributor and he called Cisco, his partners now of almost 40 years as well. And um, Cisco delivered the orders to the food pantry. Robert paid for him out of his own pocket for several years. And then he kind of went on a little road trip and got to thinking about if Mississippi is the hungriest state, the poorest state, and one of the most obese states, somebody's eating something somewhere. So he uh, went to Jackson and toured a couple of food pantries and realized we had a real problem. What was the problem? One in five Mississippians are hungry. Mm. And so one in four children, over 700,000 Mississippians are hungry. And so he um, thought that he could use some of his restaurant tools and abilities and food sourcing. And so he went to Cisco and said, you know, what if we form this partnership? Y'all give me special prices. Y'all deliver the food to these food pantries. I'll pay for all the food through this nonprofit. I'm going to form extra table. What if every restaurant, what if every home had an extra table? And so Robert, as you have realized, is a, a creative guru. But the day that he came up with how we work at extra table was a sheer stroke of genius. We don't know of um, any other, I'm not aware of any other food program um, fighting food insecurity that works in the manner that we do. So I guess, what does it take to start? Because it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, Robert's kind of uh, priming the engine. He has he, He's putting his own money into this to make it work. He definitely put his money into start. Now we raise several million dollars okay. each year. You had the luxury of coming into our executive office suite. Um, three girls in a nine by 12 office space <laughs> with no cubicle wall. So if you call one of us, you're talking to all three of us normally. Um, but Robert gives us our office space. Robert gives us internet phones, copier. So we're the smartest way to fight hunger because all of our, the funds that we raise go to purchasing food. So it's really exciting. So did this start by, and I want to make sure I'm I'm absorbing this correctly. uh, Robert discovered that too many people are hungry and that we need to do something or he needs to do something about it. Your group needs to do something about it. And he took his own money and he went and he purchased food and he started feeding people. He did. And then he, he's doing this all, he's making all these purchases under the umbrella of extra table, which is a nonprofit. Yes, and now we fundraise to purchase all the food. So we have um, anywhere from 8 to 15 big fundraisers a year. You can become a monthly donor, a corporate partner. Um, But for every $1 you invest in Extra Table, we can purchase or provide six healthy meals. And what were the different ways you you, you said you partnered with what? 
You can be a, an individual partner. You can donate to us monthly. We'll draft your credit card or bank statement um, or bank account. You can write us a check. You can be a corporate partner. You can join us at our fundraising events. Um, so uh, you can host a fundraiser for us. So there's a any way that we can fundraise um, in order to purchase food. We're working on it. And I'm really going to drill down to try to get what these systems look like so people can see big picture of like what elements are there? How do you start? What if I don't have a lot of money? Because I think it's worth pointing out that Robert was pretty successful at this point. He had he had uh, achieved success. He had he had abundance, and he his cup was overflowing, and he could, he could have put a, that extra. Well, if Robert's someplace. cup wasn't overflowing, he would still give you the shirt off his back. He's yes. just that person. But I think for anyone wanting to start a a physical nonprofit, I mean, you've got to find um, somebody to do your 501c3 paperwork. You've got to work with an attorney. You've got to work with a banker. Um, you've got to form a board and investing time and energy on the front end and getting the right people on your table um, is critical to the success long term of the organization. And Robert and I talk all the time about how nonprofits are slow startups. It takes it, it takes a while, just like a business. Supposedly, it takes four years for a business to be profitable. It, it takes twice, if not three times that long to get your solid story out there to really um, feel the fruits of your labors. Yeah. So what? Were you a part of this from day one, going through all these motions? I was not. Extra Table was founded in 2009, and I have been here for four and a half years. Okay. So, 2018. Yeah. 17 and a half. March 2018. <laughs> okay. So, um, would you know the what, what it takes to, to form a 501c3? You said you need attorneys, you need bankers. Secretary you need of State's office has paperwork, and you have to become a an official 501c3 with the state, and that gives you um, nonprofit status. And, okay. um, you know, working with your your attorney to determine your bylaws and working with a banker to set your bank account up properly, um, determining you have to spend a lot of time determining your message. And and our message at Extra, Ta- at Extra Table was founded on two promises. Robert always, you know, our mission is to fundraise to purchase food, but the food that we purchase will always be healthy food. And it will always go to feed Mississippians. Okay. Um, so what kind of budget do you need to do something like this to get started? To like, that was I'm assuming, again, like when you have abundance, your cup's overflowing, you have the means to make a difference, right? So if you're listening to this and you are one of those people, ask yourself. And you know what? I surprised myself because Robert St. John was listening to this podcast. So I know there's another Robert St. John out there <laughs> whose cup is overflowing and can get this going. But like, what kind of budget do we need? Like, how how much does it take? Do, do you know to get that started? What, like, well, what are the attorney fees to do something I'll, like this? So. I don't like to pay for fees. There's always someone out (laughs) there. There's an attorney that needs to do some community service hours or there's an attorney that believes in your cause. And you're going to need some champion with um, legal skills on your side because, you know, there's you read me a a, um, a disclaimer disclaimer release before we came on. Everything has by um, participating in the Restaurant Unstoppable podcast. Yeah, I know. I try to make it fun when I read it. It was very exciting. But, (laughs) you know, it's the world we live in. Everything, um, you know, rules are in place for a reason. Rules are what allow us to be successful. And so, um, you know, I try to find attorneys and accountants that will work with me and give me advice and connect me with those that believe in our mission and will help serve. And I'm, I'm sure if you look hard enough, there's probably an attorney out there that will donate their time if it's for a good cause. That's right. It's yep. easy to find one you can pay. Yeah, But exactly. find, stick it out and find that one that will help you for a donation. Yes. Um, so we talked about the attorney fees. We talked about bankers. What exactly is the banker helping you with? Well, you're always going to need guidance and how to set your account up properly. Um, you know, hopefully you've got those big ACH transfers, you know, big donations coming into your account. So you'll want them to help make sure all those are, you know, coming in swiftly and safely for your donors. So what, what type of things do you need to keep in mind when you're setting up your accounts? Like what, what, 
like what does that structure look like? How many different do you need multiple checking accounts to like manage cash flow or is it one account or It depends on how your organization is set up. I mean, that's all that's all dependent on exactly how you write your bylaws and what they look like. Um, so for us, we're two separate 501c3 organizations. We have Extra Table Feeds, which is our food, and we have Extra Table Admin. So like I mentioned earlier, Robert provides us all of our overhead except for salaries. So our office space, our phones, our computers, um, the copying machine, you know, all that kind of stuff Robert allows us access to. So we cut that out of our bill. And so we have a separate 501c3 with a separate board that fundraises for the salaries of those employees at Extra Table. Anything we need to know beyond that as far as setting that up or how how that's different or... I mean, nerding out on you, you want to know all the details and you want your bank to waive any fees that they possibly can. I mean, how many checks can you write a month out of this business account? Um, you know, what fees are they willing to waive for you? What is the interest? Where's the best place to, um, the best style account to have your money socked away in? So um, it's just important to ask all the questions and never be, if there's no dumb question and there's not too many questions, you've got to um, be informed in order to make the best decisions. And in a nonprofit, you're working with someone else's money. You know, I always like to say, I'm working with your fund money. The extra funds that you didn't spend, you've donated to me because you believe in our cause to purchase food. And so I have got to be the ultimate steward of those funds in order to keep your interest, to keep your belief in our work and to um, have proof in the pudding, so to say, um, of our success rates. Got it. Okay, we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back to talk about what happens after you get everything set up. Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a team management platform built specifically for restaurants. As host of Restaurant Unstoppable, I chat with a lot of restaurateurs. One thing a lot of them have in common, they use Seven Shifts. In fact, Every restaurateur using Seven Shifts that I've come across has great things to say about them. With over 700,000 restaurant pros and counting using it today, they're clearly onto something. So what are you waiting for? Seven Shifts is your secret weapon to better understand your restaurant, hit labor costs, and keep your entire team connected with drag and drop scheduling, in-app communication, task management, labor compliance, tip management, and more. It makes restaurant work a lot easier. And I bet Every member of your team will get value from it. Whether you're a franchise owner or a chief technology officer, a manager working front of house or back of house, plus it integrates with other restaurant tech systems you already use like your POS, payroll, and more. That is powerful. As a restaurant unstoppable listener, you get three months absolutely free. Get started at www.7shifts.com slash unstoppable. That's the number seven S H I F T S dot com slash unstoppable to get three months free and join over 30,000 restaurants using seven shifts today. We are back. And now that we know how to kind of get everything set up and things that we're going to need to do this the right way, how do we start getting food? Like what, what, what tactics do you guys have to like, what does that look like? What, like, what is your strategy for actually outreach and having this be effective? I guess one thing that we take great pride in at Extra Table is while we are an organization of warm and fuzzy feelings, and most people think a nonprofit does not have to make a profit, but if I'm not generating profit and raising funds, then I do not have dollars to purchase food with. And so I have to raise a lot of money for our mission. So um, having... um, like we said, the legal stuff, the banking stuff, the accounting stuff, your bylaws in place, your board is critically important. Right. We didn't get into that. What <laughs> What is the board? Well, I want a working board. I don't want a board just to sit around a table and to make talk your to- resume look fancy. Yeah, I'm not up for that. <laughs> I'm going to put you to work. And that's what it's about. It's got to be um, a table of, you know, 
good folks, average Joes, all the way up to heavy hitters. You know, everybody has something to contribute, whether you were hungry as a child, whether you're passionate about serving, whether you're a volunteer in a food pantry, or whether you run a very successful organization. We all have something to contribute at a board meeting and to the future and the planning and development of Extra Table. What about like this, the structure of this board as far as like how many people are on the board? Um, so however you write your bylaws is how many people that can be on your board. And so we have a large large board. Um, We have about 25 people on our board and they come from different areas of the state. But you could form a nonprofit, I'm guessing, with three people on your board. Um, But we have about 25 people because we want to represent all, you know, corners um, of the state of Mississippi since our food touches all corners of the state. That is our mission to feed hungry Mississippians. So um, get your um, mission statement, you know, down to an elevator speech. I think I could tell you Extra Table's mission statement in my sleep. At Extra Table, our mission is to fundraise in order to purchase new, healthy, and shelf-stable food that we provide to food pantries and soup kitchens across the state of Mississippi for free monthly. So what is the difference between a food pantry and um, like other, like, you know, like what exactly? Are you just like a place that collects food and holds it? Is that kind of what you do? No. So we are essentially a food bank. Okay. Um, so we are a grassroots food bank. We're not government subsidized. We don't have um, national partners. We strictly fundraise in order to purchase the food that we need to provide to our food pantries and soup kitchens. And earlier you said, well, what's your budget? How do you know? How do you start fundraising for this? Um Fundraising comes naturally for some, and it's uh, difficult for others. And so I believe in our calls. I love to share with people what we do at Extra Table, and I'm not ashamed to ask you for money. Yeah. So, And I got to point it out, because I, I noticed <laughs> it when we were talking to you, and I was like, those ladies are on it. I was like, they used the right words. I was like, did you notice the donors like you, Damon? I was like, that was awesome. I was like, they got me wanting to donate. But it's just, it's the, you're right. It does we'll come hook you up before you leave. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it, and it's, it's, it's knowing to not to be shameful of what you're trying to do and to, to constantly be creating awareness. Yeah. I mean, we have to be walking billboards for what we believe in. And, um, you know, I always say that we can teach someone to read at 7, 17 or 77. But if a child doesn't have proper nutrition in those early years, their brain isn't going to develop that elementary, middle school or high schooler. You know, the Snickers commercial is real. You, They are not going to be listening to what that teacher says or she's going to look like she has two heads because their stomach is growling so loud. And your adult on the work site, the job site, um, is a danger to your company and a huge liability if they are not fed and able to concentrate and have enough energy to do their job. And your senior citizens are going to be dealing with, um, you know, blood sugar issues with taking medication and, you know, everyone at every stage in life needs food. So what Martha just did there, she listed the benefits for you to donate food to us. What is it in it for you? And that's a simple <laughs> sale technique. Like people don't, they, they want to know what's in it for me, subconsciously, you have to tell them. You have to slide it in there. Right. And that's just what happened. Is that just what happened? But it's so genuine. <laughs> it is so real. It is it something is. I live and breathe and, and believe in daily. And that's the other side of it, though, is that people can smell the bullshit. Mm-hmm. And when it's not, when it's I roses. I we could say BS on here. Oh, gotcha. I far worse. <laughs> um, when, when, it, when it comes from a genuine place, it doesn't smell like the other stuff. It right. smells like roses. Right. It, People can smell the difference. They can. Yeah. And our passion, I believe, you know, all of us in the office, um, we are extremely passionate about what we do. This is not a job. This is a life mission. Um, you know, we we love to come to work every day and uh, we surround ourselves. I think a key part of um, our success is surrounding ourselves that with people that are experts in their fields that are smarter than we are and pulling them onto our team so that collectively um, we are much smarter and larger than the sum of all of our parts. Okay. So what's the cadence of this board? How often do you meet when you meet? What's the structure? What's discussed? That again is up to your bylaws. So your bylaws determine everything. So we meet between four and six times a year. And, um, you know, since COVID, we've we've started looking at how we're engaging people. I'm not one to have a board meeting over Zoom. It's just too two-dimensional to me. I don't, yeah, right? Um, I want to give you a high five in person. Yes. I don't want to wave you at you across the screen. You can't high five on Zoom. Right. You can do the stupid camera block, but that's... 
Nobody wants to settle for that. Yeah, and you can't <laughs> feel the warm and fuzzies no. and the energy in the room and the the minds just are not meeting like they do in person over Zoom. Yeah. So um, we have board members all over the state and Mississippi's a pretty big state, you know, four hours in one direction to the coast and four hours in the other to the north um, state line. And so um, we are... Um, meeting in different areas of the state and we're meeting our next board meeting in november is um at mike wagner his farm two brooks rice and i like to say he's kind of like a boutique far- rice farmer and so we're going to meet there and we're going to um our board he donates so much rice to us in uh, big 2500 pound tubs and we have volunteers <laughs> wow. in and out of here all the time uh bagging the rice down to one pound bags so that we don't have to purchase that it comes to us for free but we're going to meet at mike's farm we're going to check out how he grows the rice listen to what all he does with it and his excitement behind donating so much um product to extra table but also a fun side note is there's a gin company, Wonderbird Spirits, and I'm hoping they'll come join us for the board meeting and share some of the gin because they use Mike's rice in order to distill the gin. So four to six times a year. Yeah. What? How long is the meeting typically? I mean, it's whatever's on your agenda. I don't what, like what to have... should be discussed? Uh, your financials need to be approved. Your minutes need to be approved. Any action that needs to be taken needs to be taken at the beginning of the meeting. Um, I believe in Robert's rules of order. Keeps the meeting in order. Doesn't allow someone to uh, dominate and take over the discussion. And we have an agenda always. And I believe if you feed them, they'll come. Is there a place to go that we can see like an example of what the agenda looks like and like, how do we know how to conduct a meeting well? Yeah, you can always Google Robert's Rules of Order. Um, it's, you know, kind of a standard in the the meeting industry. And um, you in most states, there are um, nonprofit organizations like the Center for Nonprofits, and they can help you and teach you um, how to start all these things. And community foundations can help house your early budding nonprofit until you're able to um, pay for the attorney fees, until you're able to stand on your own two feet um, as a fully functional nonprofit. So there's support at every stage of the game. Okay. So I think the next thing to discuss is... You know, you have your board formed, you have your mission statement, you you have your bylaws, your attorney help you set those up, your banker has your, everything's all ready to go. You have your team. How, like, how you do got you your get the food? Statement. Like, yeah. Like, what is this, like, what are the, what are the best practices for outreach? And is there a way to go about it tactfully? And you get into that. Like, what, how many di- different channels of, of, Food, like what are those channels of income for food? So income for food and... Um, so there's income for donation, yep. and then you're using those donations to then purchase, purchase food. food. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier, um, you have individual partners, you have corporate partners. Uh, these are all different channels of revenue. Yep. Churches, businesses, your kid could sell lemonade in the neighborhood and donate it to Extra Table. Um at Thanksgiving, we sponsor turkeys and ask you to donate $15 to put a turkey on a table for a family this Thanksgiving. Seasonal promotions, basically. Yeah. There's, you know, it's just telling the story and telling it in a tangible way that, you know, different age groups can engage with. You know, a child is going to recognize, like, oh, mom, let's put a turkey on their table. They're, that family's hungry. And so there's opportunities to talk to um, your children and educate them early on how to be a good steward of the community. Yeah. Um, there, I'm going I'm to bookshelf that because I want I think it'll be a good way to, to wrap up today's conversation. But going through these channels, I'm going to put a note down it before I forget. Well, you just hit a vein when you said uh, in, encouraging kids to to you know to, to, what does that look like yeah um, it's a tough question because you're taking time out of already busy parents day and schools are busy and schools are fundraising and um so you got to find that niche market but all right i have my notes we're gonna come okay. back to that um well research ahead. shows that there's a 231 million dollar deficit in food so in order for every family to be fed in mississippi we're short $231 million. Wow. I'm just trying to wrap my mind around that number. Yeah. Like it's like. $231 million are needed in order for every Mississippian to be fed. Just Mississippi. Just Mississippi. Wow. That's scary. It is scary. Um, 
Okay, so back to how we get that $251 million. Corporate, uh, individual partners, corporate partners, churches, businesses, seasonal promotions. Do you know the breakdown? Like what percentage of your income comes from individual partners versus like corporate partners? Um, The majority of our um, fundraising comes from events. Uh, The second part is corporate partners. They're probably equal. And the third smallest part is individual donors. Okay. Um, So going through um, corporate partners and then events and individual donors, um, how do you approach corporate sponsors? Like what's the copy look like? Is it an email? Is it a, a, a friend of a friend? Like what, what are the best approaches to it's what your board's good for? Yeah. Okay. Your, our board, um, we really look to them to make introductions, um, to share the story of how we work and how efficient and effective we fight hunger and ask them to help us engage others. And so our board members will send emails to connect, um, uh, another business professional to extra table. Um, they will set up, you know, meetings for us, um, you know, press releases, corporate, uh, partners will read that. They'll see us on the news. Um, they see, they see what we're doing and they want to be a part of something that's so efficient. So it's an, it's a mutual friend. It's a connection of a connection. You get the open door uh, is it a is it a phone call usually or an email initially? It's everything. We, all angles. It's um, all angles. Yeah, uh, so, you can't get away with passing me in the grocery store. But is the list like? And I think this is when the list of benefits come in. Like, what's in it for you? And is that the message? What's in it for you? For our donors, for yeah. our corporate partners, you know, not really. We're really blessed with corporate partners that want to show up and they want their staff to share in that joy. They want their staff to know about how we work. And so we'll host rice baggings. They will pack food boxes. They will wear T-shirts. They will do social media videos about what hunger and fighting hunger means to them. So it's not just about that logo plastered on a sign that we pay to have printed. You know, it's it's... It's a partnership. It's a belief. It's shared beliefs. And um, we're really fortunate to have amazing partners from $5 to $50,000 that all believe in how we work and why we work and that we're a team doing this together. Beautiful. <laughs> um, so any other thing we should know, what happens like when you get somebody that's like, I'm in? What's a series of events? Is it, okay, like give us your routing number (laughs) it's like let's set up an annual deposit like do you try to make it automated so you don't have to go through these every time and like they know that this is an annual like what's the next step to to really get the most out of that commitment absolutely you want as many you know automated direct deposit donors as you can possibly get but every donor is an individual and so when we talk about event sponsorships or partnerships in any way or you know meeting with a big donor we try to learn their personality and know what their business does and and what makes them um what makes their what makes them tick for extra table like what do they enjoy like an accountant is going to love our efficiency over our um warm and fuzzy feelings they're going to want to look at the books and be like ah this is amazing one dollar feeds six people i can't do that at the grocery store you know um everybody every different profession has different interests so um we have several beer distributor partnerships well they've got extra pallets they can provide pallets that help us get the food palletized and out the door to the food pantries um chow is my one of my biggest partners they help us purchase all of our food and warehouse the food and handle the logistics what is chow chow is a um how i describe them is not actually what their business is um so i'm gonna fail them right now (laughs) um but chow is a uh they work with restaurants across the country in order to um help make sure that you have the best negotiated prices from uh manufacturers so if you're gonna need purchasing yeah thanks good good yeah. Great purchasing. Got so it. I just take all their skills and apply them at extra table. <laughs> okay. And another key partner of yours is Cisco. Yep. Cisco is right there with us. So Cisco was the one and only for the first uh, nine years, I guess. So are these examples of corporate partners or are these like more strategic partners in logistics? They're both. Okay. Strategic partners. And I think that's a good point is it doesn't just have to be cash. Right. It can also be resources. It can, but we love that cash. Cash yeah. is number one. Cash <laughs> yeah, is king. Liquidity, you, you can turn that cash into anything. Yeah. So um, without the cash flow coming in, we cannot purchase the amount of food that we need to. We spend anywhere from, um, you know, sixty to $85,000 a month on food. And um, so... 
It's a big number for us. It's a big Say number. Say that one more time. Anywhere from sixty to eighty thousand dollars a month on food. Sixty to eighty. So most a month. months average about seventy four thousand. Is it two hundred and fifty one million a year? Two hundred and thirty one million shortfall. And I'm so bad at math. It was never my strength. So like, <laughs> mine either. Um, Say the number one more time that you're bringing in a month. We provide about on average seventy four thousand dollars worth of we'll just food round a up month. Seventy five thousand. Yeah, so one hundred fifty every two months. Uh, eight. What would it's about nine hundred thousand dollars a year to yeah. a million. Yeah. And then we um we call it icing on the cake. It's all the extra stuff that we pull in from partners. So our friends at uh, Two Brooks Farms with their rice, all the Mississippi Poultry Association members, they'll give us ninety four thousand plus pounds of chicken. We work with the sweet potato farmers. You know, Vardaman, Mississippi is the sweet potato capital of the world. And the interesting thing um, about a sweet potato is it can go in a shelf life. Too. Yep, the shelf life. It can go in that plastic bag, and it it can go home and it can sit on the floor. It's sweet, so you can entice a kid to eat it. So Nowadays, you can cut it up and bake it like yeah. French fries. But you can eat a sweet potato a day and get all of your nutrition. Yeah. Warning: If you eat too many sweet potatoes, your skin will turn orange. <laughs> My sister loves sweet potatoes. <laughs> Let me tease her because she's got like a hue. It's like chill on the sweet potatoes. Uh, <laughs> Works like self-tanner, I guess. Um, uh, you might look like Donald Trump by the end of your, your meal. But you know what? You'll feel great. And, that's and right. it's good for you. It's good for you. Um, so keep going. So we, um, we, we lo- the cash has to come in, but then purchasing the food and how we get the food has to all be thought about. And you've got to surround yourself by partners of all types. You know, the media, your podcast, um, you know, I mean, the manager at the lo- your local Target can be a part of your program, whether it be bringing volunteers to your event or donating from their corporate foundation. You know, there's, there's, Everyone can step up and stand out in fighting hunger. Yeah. And just to kind of put that into perspective, and the intent of this isn't to point out that you're coming short of your goal of $251 million, right? But with all the work you're doing, you're, you're, I feel like it's just so staggering to know that you're only at like about a million. And I don't want to say only at a million because it's still so much work. It doesn't, it's not coming out right. Right. But it's just what I'm trying to do is to to give the listener a perspective of how bad it is and how much more help you need to really do what what's needed to, yeah. to really get out of this 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 issue so currently we are in 69 of the 82 counties in mississippi so we're serving 57 food pantries every month and we deliver to those food pantries for free so in 2022 we're dealing with an 8.5 percent increase in commodities you know high gas prices and so in everything that we do we have to consider the long-term plan and being the constant source of food for these food pantries um you know we have a budget in place that we have to fundraise to meet and then um we have to start preparing for the next year and so you'll see all the food behind us there's about six hundred thousand dollars worth of food on the floor at this moment um and it's any it's all shelf stable um in mississippi we're such a rural state we love to provide that fresh chicken and the the other fresh vegetables but we know and we can look in the eyes of our sponsors and tell them that that can of green beans made it to its final destination and was eaten and there's nothing wrong with it uh so we talked about um partners that's where we left off we started with the corporate partners how to approach them it's not just money but it's also resources um and it's really just networking and and finding people to contribute and just convincing them that this is a good cause right and also the tax cuts i think is worth mentioning i'm sure that's part of the dialogue too yeah it is and the tax laws have changed so much so i really can't speak to those but and they're different in every state but yeah i mean you do get a tax credit for um donating up to a certain amount um it's encouraged by the irs to donate to good causes and um, you know, I believe the more that people donate to us and nonprofits, efficient and effective nonprofits can manage things that the government doesn't have to, like feeding people. Got it. Um, so we talked about corporate. What about individuals? How do you set that up? Is there a different approach with individuals or are you just basically saying if, if you got money, we'll take it? We just really are genuine in telling our story. And, you know, the individual might be the wife of the banker or the um, you know, just 
you never know what the dynamics are and how someone hears about the work that you do. So we really just meet everyone where they are and sharing our story and, and learn while they're interested in the work that we do. They might have been hungry as a child. They might be a school teacher and see children hungry on a daily basis. You know, they might find great joy in volunteering at the food pantry or they might just like to cook, you know, and they can't imagine a household or an empty pantry. And so we just try to um, understand where their passion comes from and why they want to support us and how we can best work together. Got it. Um, I think we probably don't need to get into businesses because I'm sure the the approach is similar. Yeah. Just the outreach. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the one thing that we could use advice on is events because that's where the majority of your money comes from. Mm -hmm. So what is... Like, what are the elements of your event? Like, when you're throwing an event, what what are the key parts? Like, what do we need in that event? What does that structure look like? Well, this is actually my coworker Rhonda's. Uh, this is her job as the director of business development. Um, so Rhonda is the lead on most of our events, and we have about eight big events a year. And one thing you've got to recognize is you can be event heavy, and you can just work yourself to death and spin your wheels. And so you've got to find um, what is unique and the most efficient and effective way to spend your time in order to raise the most dollars. Um, there's lots of things you can go out and do, but what is, where are you getting the most bang for your buck what's something that you can continue to grow and put a five-year plan on and um you know we really at extra table we like to be different we want to do it different we want to be memorable we want our story to um, ring in your ears and one thing that we are always saying we hammer home with all of our events is this event feeds people this race feeds people this festival feeds people um, this t-shirt feeds people we've got those this box feeds people as the box on the table is displayed um, so we really want you at our events to learn about what we do it is not another 5k you are a part of something much larger and really special and we try for all of our events to um at a minimum cover the cost of one month's food so you know with participating the impact that you've had yeah so is there usually a a fee to attain to attend the event there so what are the channels of revenue associated with just the events yeah you can have anything from um tickets to sponsorships to you know purchasing a table to um being a vendor yeah all the above i'll put a price tag on anything um so how do you how do you entice these people to like if you have sponsors are you putting are you putting that money towards getting like like are you blowing up their logo so people know that they're sponsoring it like how do you what's the r i mean they're i hate to say it but they are i know trust me i I deal with sponsors i love my sponsors but i know there has to be what's in it for me because they can't burn money the people have to know that they're a part of this and that it's looking good like you know they're they want to donate the money but they also want to know that people know that they donated the money yeah well you know we want our sponsors to um and they all provide a product or a service and when our uh event goers walk away we want them to know what they were exposed to that day so if you're our beer partner we want you to walk away and we want them to know without a doubt that you were serving mick ultra that day um or coors light that day um whether you were drinking powerade or gatorade we take great pride in promoting those products and educating our um race goers in that situation on um what products are in front of them and what you know, who our partners are and who's believing in our cause. So it, it's important to to push their logos and push their graphics, but we just like to be a genuine partner and tell their story. So we might give away a, um, a Miller Lite bike or a jersey, a bike jersey sponsored by a, um, a company that has a cycling team. So we really like to um, relate back, like I said earlier, and customize how we talk about um, each and every um, partner. You get creative with it. You have fun with it. Oh, we have so much fun with yeah. it. Like we might let a bank take over a mile of the race course. And, you know, this past year, um, Magnolia State Bank took over the running course and they had bubble blowers and they sidewalk chalked everything and they had all kinds of fun add-ons that they did themselves in order to man their mile and to tell the story of Extra Table and to show their customers and, you know, ask their customers to join in too um, in the excitement of feeding people. So it's really, it's just got to be a partnership. It's got to be a marriage that works for everybody. And um, 
it can't just be the plastering of logos. Yeah, some of it is a plastering of logos, but we want your staff to know we don't want you to just be the single person that signed the check. You've got 200 people underneath you. Do they know about Extra Table? Are they um, doing payroll deduction? Are you putting on your um, internal computer system a video about Extra Table? What are you asking them to do? Did you buy t shirts for everyone in the office? Um, we really like the story to be told top down, and that's how we want our events to operate. So everybody knows when they walk away who was in support of this event. I love it. Um, the only other thing that coming to my mind as far as what it takes to execute this, and we got into great detail, and this is exactly, I want people to know the scope. Okay, like what is all that's involved? How do I do this? How do I'm hoping we this is the inspiration part of Unstoppable and the empowerment because it's not enough just to be inspired. You need to know how and what's what's necessary. How do we execute this? But what about logistics? Because this is you're technically a food bank, right? So Mm -hmm. you get the money, you purchase food with the money, you're holding the food and then you're distributing the food. Anything we need to know about logistics with the, the, the distribution of food? Oh, it's expensive. There's liability. There's so much. So, I mean, you've got to have a truck driver with a CDL. You've got to have a backup plan if that guy's sick or girl is sick. I mean, who's picking you up when you have a flat on the side of the road? So some days I feel like I uh, operate a warehouse, operate a grocery store, operate a trucking system or a purchasing company. And then I've got a fundraising program on the side, you know, and a feeding agency. So that's why partners are so important because we have so many things that we do at Extra Table in the simplest manner, in the most efficient manner in order to be successful. And I believe that's where our success lies. You know, we bring someone in to handle logistics and they it's their service. They are yeah. glad to be a part. And so um, it's, a, it's a, a complicated interweb and each nonprofit has to figure out for themselves what works. Yeah. Any th- element of this we're missing we haven't touched on yet that you think is integral or key I think you just have to have a plan in place and be inspired and have fun and want to do it different. Yeah. We want to rock your socks off. You know, we want our bourbon event. We dream up things to involve mayors and cities. And, you know, how do we get the most people telling our story for us so that we can work less on one thing to put our energy into another and maximize the opportunities? Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about how to tell the story in a way that um, dollars follow so that you can purchase the most quality food for hungry Mississippians. It's all about telling a story in a way that dollars follow. Any tips on that? <laughs> Fundraising is a, a special um it takes a special person to fundraise. It takes a special mindset. It takes um, a special set of attention to details. Not everyone can be a good fundraiser. And you can waste a whole lot of money on an event if you don't do it correctly. Um, so finding that fundraiser on your team is critically important. And and supporting them, um, you know, I laugh and tell Rhonda all the time, your wish is my command, you know, whatever she can dream up in order to make our events more successful, I will put my all into figuring out and finding it if that helps her got it um i think we covered a lot of like the logistics and things the questions i have i think i think we can move on to the 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 next part of today's conversation but first let's take one more quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back to wrap things up recently on the show you've been hearing it come up often Restaurant Systems Pro. If you've become interested, I highly recommend you sign up for the Restaurant System Pro 60-day pilot program. This is something that's never been done before. This 60-day event is at no cost to you, but it's not for everyone. Fred Langley, CEO of Restaurant Systems Pro, will be leading a group of restaurateurs through the Restaurant Systems Pro software and setting up the system for your restaurant. Fred will be leading the training, supporting you, and holding you accountable. Typically, this costs $10,000 a month to have Fred in your restaurant, but during this no-cost-to-you 60-day training, he will be teaching you every process he does during the group coaching sessions, and nothing will be held back. During the 60 days, Fred will walk you through the Restaurant Systems Pro process and help you crush the following goals. Recipe costing cards, guidance in your books for accounting, cash control, sales forecasting with accuracy, checklist, budgeting for the entire year, scheduling for profit, more butts in seats, and that's not it. 
Often, the team at Restaurant Systems Pro helps restaurateurs out pro bono because their hearts go out to these folks. I mean, it's hard out there, but because of that, a lot of the time these restaurateurs don't follow through because they have no skin in the game. For that reason, there is an application process. Only those serious about making change in their operation will be accepted into this program. Are you interested? Then go to restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. That's RSP for Restaurant Systems Pro. RestaurantUnstoppable.com slash RSP. I don't need to tell you that it's harder than ever right now to be a restaurateur. The cost of goods are going up. Labor expenses are going up. People don't want to work in the industry. Anybody who had experience has gone on to different verticals or different industries. And we are just stuck with a lot of people who are very green and how, how do we increase sales if nobody knows how to sell? Well, you empower them with the right tools. And one tool out there that you need to know about is called SRV, which stands for Study Restaurant Variety, created by Roger Bodwin from Restaurant Rockstars, a name I'm sure you recognize for his multiple appearances on the show, and his co-founder and co-creator, Zaylin Jacobson, who you'll be working with. This is a tool that will help your team memorize your menu, your uh, your culture, uh, everything, anything you need to train them, your entire training manual is now in an app and accessible anywhere. And really what it is, is an interactive learning tool. And it's a great way to invest in your team and to make them feel valued. There's a lot of data supporting that. This is how the next generation of professionals prefer to learn. So if you need a tool out there to empower your staff, to train your staff, uh, to, to give them the knowledge they need to be sales stars, then check out srvnow.com click the link that says request a demo and that will bring you to a page where you fill out your information the very last field make sure you let them know that restaurant unstoppable sent you their way they will pay us a commission of one thousand five hundred dollars if you use that link and you you sign up with them and i just have to say thank you in advance we're trying to take restaurant unstoppable to the next level and this is one way we can do that by just spreading the word about these tools and uh, I believe in what they're doing over there. So you're in good hands. Uh, thank you in advance. All right. Do it now. We are back. And before we wrap up, I kind of just want to um, explore this idea of like for somebody who's listening to this as a restaurant tour and they're like, I can barely hang on to my own business. You know, I'm busy enough. How do I how do I do something? Like this? Why is it worth doing something like this? I mean, I. Aside from the obvious that doing good is just the, it's just the right thing to do, right? If you have the means, if you can like do good, but why, what's the point? What's is, is, do you track it? Can you track it? Is there an ROI? Just like you said, doing good is good for business. If you are out there doing good, people are going to see your brand and see how you work and see, you know, what your soul is searching for. And they're going to want to support you, you know, um, uh, you hang with dogs, you get fleas. The same thing can be said about good work and good quality people. And um, I think Robert uses Robert St. John, the chef and founder of Extra Table. I think Robert uses his voice in an important way in order to unite chefs, in order to not unite restaurant groups, in order to bring to the table corporate partners. Um, you know, he has been cooking meals and slinging hash for, you know, almost 35, 40 years. And like we opened up with the quote, what he wants to be remembered for is feeding the least among us. He wants to be remembered for serving that canned tuna. And that's a powerful statement. That's not padding your bank account. That's choosing day after day to do the right thing and to support someone that can't help themselves. And it's a tough message, like you said, for restaurateurs that are just trying to hang on and they're trying to develop the best, the next best concept. But, you know, sometimes just doing it right and and being a good person as you do it is it's noticed. Yeah. And you can't track it. It's kind of the point that I was getting at. And like, you just have to believe that doing good is good business and it comes back around and it just, it's positive ripples. And when you put positive ripples out there, you make an, an, you make an impression and those impressions stick with people. And that's, it comes back around. You just have to believe that it comes back around. It will, it will create opportunity for you. This is a cool story and I don't even know if I'm supposed to tell it, but um, years ago, Robert had a, a new concept or a new something and, um, it, he moved a guy here in his family and it, it didn't work out. And so, 
um, Robert continued to pay that family's health insurance for like a year or two until they found new employment and the person got back on their way. And um, I guess 15, 20 years later, the guy shows up in our office and he is way up in a a food manufacturing company. And he's like, Robert, I want to partner with you. Mm. And it's in the middle of COVID. And he was like, I've read about extra table. I want to give to extra table. I want to provide this to extra table. And I want to partner with you. And it's a deed that was done 15 years ago. It was a, 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 good action a wholesome gesture made by robert that was acknowledged and remembered yeah there's been this the sentiment i've been echoing a lot lady lately and i want to echo it more i think that in my reading in my research uh i believe that the the the, the answer to our future is in studying our past and, 100%. and learning uh not just our history but learning more about human nature and what we need to be happy mm-hmm. and uh, also, yeah, also studying our history and knowing the history of the restaurant industry and especially in America, the history of the restaurant industry uh, was literally a public house, uh, a set, like the pub, the, the, the place that a everybody, meeting place. it's where like, in I'm not joking when I say it, I'm not, I'm not overemphasizing when I say a restaurant owner 200 300 years ago was the mayor of a town they ran that shit you know like they were the boss they were influencers they weren't they were businessmen too and women but you know they they ran stuff you know and it wasn't just about transactions it was also about influencing and and governing and i think that we need to morale yeah and i think that i would love that to see that come back i think the the restaurant industry is the second largest industry in the world and i think we need to kind of inject some of that back into the industry so the mission statement is to inspire empower and transform the industry i want to almost transform back to what we were to the 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 involvement we had we were the center of communities we were at the leading edge of change we were influencers let's get back there let's remember who we are let's make some change and that's what's happening here in Hattiesburg that's what you're doing and it's super inspiring and i just want i want to make an example of what you're doing it's more than a transaction it's so much more than a transaction and it's a team of people it's yeah. people that are um you know whether you're teaching your employees or teaching your children, but we're all driving in the same direction to eradicate hunger. Mm -hmm. And it's no one's life goal. You're not a kid and say, I would like to wind up in a food pantry line, mommy. You know, that is not a dream that anyone wishes. And so it's, it's so important for us. We all fall on hard times. Our food, our hard times might not put us in a food pantry line, but someone else's might. Martha, revolution started in the restaurant and the bar industry, the hospitality industry. Let's start another one. And let's, I, like, let's be at the leading edge. Let's stop reacting to the consumer and start making the consumer react to us. We like to say at Extra Table, we fight hunger differently. Yeah, I love it. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you for taking the time to share what you guys have going on at Extra Table uh, to educate us on how we can do this, what what goes into doing this. Uh, if we want to learn more. I was just going to say for all those Restaurant Unstoppable fans out yeah. there, please email us, check out our website, um, follow us on social media. We would love to uh, partner with you states away, nations away, across the pond. Um, but it's important. We all have hunger in each of our backyards and to recognize that. And Mississippi just has some of the highest rates of hunger and poverty and obesity. And so... We are committed to fighting hunger and obesity here in Mississippi. Martha Allen and the team over at Extra Table. There is no questioning. (laughs) You are unstoppable. We are unstoppable. We're going to keep working. Thank you so much. Cheers. There's another episode wrapped up today here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Special thanks to our guest today, Martha Allen, and a special thanks to just the the New South Restaurant Group in general. That is Robert St. John's Restaurant Group. Uh, the folks over there were just so incredibly supportive of this podcast and generous with their network, and it was just an honor to make an example of all of you 
and what you're doing in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, in Jackson, Mississippi, to lift up your communities and be more than just a restaurant. And Restaurant Unstoppable's mission statement is to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. We're inspiring people with stories. We're empowering people with knowledge, but we're transforming the industry by making an example of people's values. And that's really what I'm here to do, is to transform the industry and to inject integrity back into the work we do. And people like Martha Allen and Robert St. John and everybody who's over there at the New South Restaurant Group are making my job easy. Thank you guys so much. So like always, Restaurant Unstoppable needs your support. You can support our sponsors. You can use our affiliate links. You can share this podcast with any passionate restaurant person you know. But the thing we're really looking to do right now where we really need support is growing our YouTube channel and our Instagram following. Uh, We're trying to create new channels of revenue for the podcast so we can scale this thing and take it to the next level. And uh, if you head over to youtube.com slash restaurant unstoppable right now, you can watch 15 to 20 minute versions of these interviews. If the two hour long session is not for you, I understand that it's not for everybody. But we are doing like highlights of the interviews over at YouTube.com. And that's really our our focus over at YouTube. So that's more your pace. Even if it's not your pace, do me a favor right now. Hit pause. Head over to YouTube.com slash Restaurant Unstoppable. Subscribe to that bitch. We need your help. And thank you in advance. And also... Uh, I want to let you guys know over at the network, it's been slow, but we are going to be ramping that sucker up again. And the vision is to share my platform with my past guests and my listeners to connect them and to unite them over the conversation that's happening, the tools and services that are being recommended. And I'm kind of going to get out of the way and I'm going to be delegating the the network to people. Uh, So there's going to be a lot more content and uh, we can't wrap up without saying thank you to Jared Parisi over at Sumadre podcast for all this hard work with editing and copywriting and Sam hall for the videography and the editing to the video in the social media. Uh, it takes an army, it takes a tribe and I'm lucky to have these guys in my corner. That's it for today. Until next time. Peace out.